Go to everydaynovelist.com slash support to join the madness. <laughs> Welcome to the Everyday Novelist. My name is J. Daniel Sawyer, and I am your guide in this journey of coping with the creative life and all the bumps along the way. We explore the trials and travails of productivity, discipline, art, and finances in the writing life. Welcome to The Questions, episode 1081. Today I am back with Kitty Nakian, and we are answering another question for day three of your NaNoWriMo 2024. And this is for Kitty, so I will ask the question. Nicole asks, You mentioned edible pine cones. Can you talk more about this and other edible goodies you have on the property? Um, edible pine. Um, pine nuts, which are an ingredient in pesto, come from these little tiny seeds inside of a pine cone. So that's one way in which pine cones are edible. If you've ever been out in the coniferous forest in the fall, you'll notice that the pine cones go from being these tight things to being like really splayed out. That's because the pine nuts are dropping. The pine cone itself, you can, and the very young cones of pretty much every other coniferous tree, you can soak in sugar or in alcohol and um, make a, a drink or a syrup out of it. And the drink, so the drink is kind of like gin, right? I mean, juniper is kind of a conifer. Uh, juniper is related to a cedar. Uh, so it is a conifer. Um, but gin is uh, basically vodka with juniper berries. Right. And uh, pine, so you basically make pine cone gin by soaking the pine cones in the vodka or the fir cones or whatever. I think so. And also I, spruce tips. You've I done have, that before. I have done it with the tips. And it has a kind of pine citrus It's kind taste. of like drinking pine salt, but pleasant. Yes. And then the syrup. What's the syrup good for? Um... Most for drinks. Hmm. I I think some people pour it on top of pancakes or wow. or biscuits and that sort of thing. But I think most people use it as a mixed drink syrup. We also so, have so several. That, oh, and, and in the in the fall, oh my God, the squirrels and the pine cones. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. Yeah. The um, the squirrels gather the pine cones for the pine nuts, and so they're hurling them. You can walk. Trees. Through, you walk through the forest. It's like you're you're at some kind of ant wedding, right? And <laughs> and they're so loud about it that last fall we thought that there were bears in the trees because mm-hmm. they were like hustling up and down and hurling things out of the trees, and it was like, what is going on? And <laughs> really, it's just the squirrels. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah, unlike the bears, which come into camp, and <laughs> that was an adventure this week. Yeah, that was fun. Wake up to... That's you, more you get... edible things in the yeah, forest. Yeah, there you go. Bear. <laughs> oh, so if you've ever had a guard dog, you know that there's, or even a dog, there's different things that the barks mean. Mm-hmm. There's the perimeter bark, and then there's the, hey, get out of here bark. And, and then there's uh, the high friend bark. Uh, yep, yeah, and there's the high friend bark. Trixie was out on perimeter patrol early in the morning one morning, and then suddenly the bark changes from, oh, my space, stay out of my space, to what the hell are you doing here? 
And I woke up and, and very, very urgent and persistent. Yes, and so I woke up and look out the window, and there's this hundred and fifty, two hundred pound black bear sitting in the middle middle of camp, looking at the dog, going, "What I do?" <laughs> so I get dressed and come out, and the bear looks at me, and I'm like, "Get out of here!" And it's like, Meh! and it sort of shuffles away back to the compost heap, which is what attracted it. And so the dog and I had to maneuver it out of camp and scare it off into the woods. But they're basically like oversized raccoons. But For the most part, yeah. My brother, who lives 40 miles away from here, his neighbor was uh, barbecuing chicken last week, mm -hmm. went inside to get the barbecue sauce, came out to find an eight-foot grizzly bear at his barbecue chowing down on his chicken. <laughs> and he's sitting here thinking, my bear gun is in the car on the other side of that bear. So I'm just going to stay in here and let him have my dinner. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, we haven't seen any grizzlies around here, thank God. But uh, they are in the neighborhood, at least relatively speaking. Wow. When Damn bear got a chicken, though, while he was here. Yeah. Uh, so that that's, uh, that's it for the pine trees and um, as far as other edible plants around here we have um, a lot of this shrub called um, a service berry mm -hmm. that has dark blue little berries on it. Taste a little bit on the order of blueberries in taste. Um, they were pretty bland last year because we got too much rain. We got too much rain at the wrong at the wrong time while they were burying. We've got a little red berry that comes in the fall that's called the, the bear, bear berry. berries. We have some pseudo-edible... Guess uh, what the bear berries attract? Bears. <laughs> <laughs> they ripen at the end of the season. Very last thing to ripen. So the bears are gorging on them at our, as, as they're getting ready to hibernate. Our forest is full of them. So if you'll remember back to the... Uh, podcast from last October and Trixie going nuts in the background, that's because the bears were all hanging around gorging themselves on the bear berries. Mm -hmm. This year we need to harvest them before the bears get there. Yeah. Um, we have some pseudo-edible fruits called wax currants. They're part of the current yep. family uh, related to gooseberries. They're edible but not very interesting in flavor. Like so, they're often used to like pad out jams and right. stuff like that, right? Uh, so we kind of leave those to the birds, along with the snowberries, which are actually toxic to us, but the birds love them. The snowberries are such a cruel cheat because they look like high bush blueberries, but they're white and poisonous. They're, they're mm -hmm. a relative of the blueberry, but we do have another relative of the blueberry. Yes, here. we have um, something that is either a dwarf huckleberry or a bilberry, um, and those are both related to the to the blueberries and are very tasty, very premium around here. Um, and we we found them last year after they'd been picked clean by the by the. No, wasn't the, was it the chickens got them last year? I don't know what got them last year, but we I didn't find them until the end of the berry season. And um, the these things are short; they're like maybe six inches tall. And they were under the tall grass, so I, I walked by as the, like the grass was starting to die off, and then I saw little tiny blue 
berries in there. And I'm like, we had blueberries? Oh, this time we had blueberries? And I didn't know. <laughs> By that time, there was just like... They were little raisins. Yeah. Yeah, they were close to raisins. There weren't very many of them. So this year we've got to ring them with a fence to keep the chickens and the deer out. Oh, and we have wild strawberries, and yep. they should be um, fruiting in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I hope we can gather enough, because those make such good syrups and jams. Oh, my God. Incredibly intense flavor. Mm-hmm. We also have domestic strawberries, which the chickens tried to kill. I had to move and then fence off the strawberries, because the chickens were taking them before they even ripened and i don't (laughs) want them in that habit granted these are the first year that these strawberries are planted and technically you're supposed to take the fruits off during the first year so that they can uh, establish rooting Mm, okay and leaves and runners which i haven't really done but oh yes we've got hawthorn berries which are mostly used for medicinal um, purposes. It looks like an apple tree with thorns. And the fruits are these tiny little black things. Um, and we have elderberries. Mm-hmm. and Yummy. Those were pretty good, but they're also mostly used for medicinal purposes. Oh, fun thing I learned about uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. That whole thing, your mother was a hamster and your father smelled of elderberries. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, it's uh, euphemisms from the Middle Ages. Mm. Um, equating a woman with a hamster was calling her a whore. Mm-hmm. And um, elderberry wine was the only kind of wine that poor people could afford. So he's saying, your mother was a whore and your father was a drunk. Mm. <laughs> you know, we should try making elderberry wine. There was mm. a lot on that one tree. There that was. Year. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't pick them enough. Let's do that this year. I'll, I'll see about making a wine press. Okay. Um, and then, then we've got these weird little flowers. They're not little, but they look kind of like someone t- stuck a vase of sunflowers into or the like ground. Or like black-eyed Susans without the black. Yeah, hair. they look like that, but they they grow in a pile. They they ray out of the middle of a bunch of leaves, and that's a balsam root. And they're they've got an edible starchy root. I think the entire plant is edible, but the root is the desirable part. Yep. And those would have been planted, they're all over the place. They would have been planted here by the uh, tribe 500, 600 years ago, because it was one of their staple foods. Right. As was the biscuit root. The biscuit root is edible, but I, I can't imagine that anybody would take much time to gather them, because uh, the biscuit root is something that related to a carrot. It looks like a yellow carrot flower. When I've managed to pull up roots, they're like these spindly little... Almost like noodles? Yeah. And they're supposed to be a a reasonably tasty, starchy thing, but I imagine you either have to gather a whole lot of them, or our soil is just too damn rocky for them to form good roots, which is possible. Uh, We also have some medicinal plants like... uh, the hawthorn berry is mostly medicinal. We have tons of arnica growing around here, and we have lots of yarrow. And we have a lot of other little herbs and things that I, I can't quite remember yeah, right you've now. You've got nine bark, which you said is medicinal. No, no, no. no. That, they used to use the fresh viney sticks for arrows or... They'd be really good for basket weaving, actually, now that you mentioned that. I, yeah, Maybe I, they were used for weaving, but I had heard that they were used for arrows and 
uh, bows. Makes sense. And then we've also got... Um, Willow. Willow, yep. Uh, of the right species to extract aspirin from, or you can just make tea from it. You can aspirin. make aspirin from it, all of the willow species, including uh, including pussy willow. Mm, okay. And then we've got uh, lots of edible mushrooms, too. You found one? Um, I have not seen any edible ones here. You found that one the other day? I found one variety of bullet, but I didn't identify it. Um, I don't think there are any bullets in the in North America that are toxic, but a lot of them are inedible. Okay. That about covers the things that I've found so far. There are parts of our woods that we haven't really dug around in, and the microclimate on the other side of the easement is completely different than it is oh, on this boy, side of the ever. easement. We've got two on this side of the easement and then two on the other side, and all four are different. Yeah. But yeah, it's been, every time we go in the woods, she's like, oh, this plant does this thing, I think. And then she pulls out her phone and does the little plant identifier app. It's uh, it's really fun watching her geek out. <laughs> she's like, I, I never would have known, meeting you in college, that you were a closet botanist. <laughs> but there we go. Well, it, it, if it's free and I can eat it, the I'm interested. <laughs> That's how I got into into plants. Nice. Anyway, that's what we got. Um, so thanks very much for the question, Nicole. And we'll see you tomorrow. The Everyday Novelist is written and presented by J. Daniel Sawyer and Kitty Nakian, and is produced by Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. The text is copyright 2023 J. Daniel Sawyer, and the production is copyright 2023 Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license, and all other rights are reserved to the author. Join the conversation. Submit a question, leave a comment, or a creative death threat, or hit me at feedback at jdsawyer.net. We can't do it without you.